right into what God has to say to us this morning. Lord, we just invite you to come and open our imaginations. We invite you to change the way that we think this morning. I don't even know that I'm ready to say what you have to share. So, Lord, I want to and I want all of us to just for a moment, just take a breath. Reflect on what we've seen and heard this weekend. Would you remove every distraction? Lord, if we're looking at our phone or thinking about what's outside of this room, would you just help us set those things down? We want to hear from you this morning. We want to experience you this morning. We want to give you all of our attention and affection and adoration this morning. Lord, would you just straighten the highway between us? Connect with us. Lord, I know that what you have to say to us this morning and what you have been saying and fulfilling all weekend is a promise that only you can keep. So we invite you, come and fulfill your promises to us. May this morning be the best yet. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys. Um, I always forget this, and I don't want to. Students, would you give your leaders a round of applause? <laughs> if, you, uh, if you have a contact info or if you guys have connected on social media, students, I would encourage you powerfully, passionately, would you reach out to your leader this week and just take a moment and write them a, a personal letter or send them a personal call and just say, thank you for sacrificing your time and your weekend, many of them their work, to just be available to me. Bless them with your words this week in some way, shape, or form. All right. We began Freedom Weekend on Friday night with three promises, and they come from the, the life verse, the scripture that I asked God for, for me and my family for the year, but really for us, for this student ministry. Um, you guys are my family too. Um, I am just honored, and your small group leaders are honored, and our staff is honored to be part of your family too. So when I'm asking the Lord year after year to give me a word for my year, it impacts you too, and I am thinking of you too. And when I sat down on December 30th and asked for a word, you know that he led me to Isaiah chapter 4, which says, In that day, the branch of the Lord will be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the land will be the pride and the glory of all who survive in Israel. All who remain in Zion will be a holy people, and those who survive the destruction of Jerusalem. The Lord will cleanse his children of their bloodstains, and he will provide shade for Mount Zion for all who assemble there. God has promised us here, not once and we're done, but for the year. He has promised rescue, refreshment, and revival to the Woods Edge student ministry. And he just wants you to really reflect on that for a second. <laughs> and I don't need the light to talk because you and I have the light inside of us. <laughs> Students, is there anyone in this room that experienced rescue this weekend? 
Did any of you experience refreshment this weekend? Do you believe that God has poured out revival on us this weekend? Amen. Now, why does God keep those promises to us? He promised us refreshment, revival, rescue. Why is he keeping those promises? Because we have heard God's word, we have understood God's word, and you have obeyed God's word exceptionally this weekend. And you guys, God told us, if you obey what I have to say to you, I will remove your sins, and you did that. You came up here, you unloaded your junk, and he removed your stains. You are right in God's sight this morning. If you weren't here this weekend, you can Before you leave this room, just ask God, I want to trade in my sorrow, my pain, my suffering, my sin, and you, Lord, replace it with joy. He will do that for you this morning. You guys loved each other the way that God called us to this weekend. You loved each other so well. You loved this community so well. You loved people outside our four walls so well. You did that. You obeyed God's command in that. He is pleased with you. He is eager to bless you as a result. And you worshiped the Lord this weekend and last night in such a beautiful, humble way. Students, you have obeyed every single command that God has given you for this weekend. And as a result, God did what he alone can do. He rescued us, he refreshed us, and he revived us. Many of you here for the year, for years, You long for, you've been longing for, just to witness, to see, to experience God's power at work. I know it's the longing of your heart because it's the longing of mine. Students, leaders, we just saw the power of God this weekend. God blesses obedience and you have been obedient completely and totally and I want you to hang on to that. And I want you to be satisfied in that because, again, he is looking at all of you this morning saying, well done, my good and faithful servants. We need to remember when we are hungry for God's blessings in a week or a month or a year or this afternoon that God blesses obedience and he blesses us when we put him first. And that's what you've done this weekend. And I say to you as your pastor, well done. I am so proud of every one of you. Now, the theme for Freedom Weekend um, is built on the fact, it was inspired in me by the, by the realization that tomorrow is Martin Luther King Day. And we build this weekend around MLK Day because we get a day off of school and work and rest. But this year, I built a theme, I felt inspired by this theme of the great exchange, freedom. Really, it was originally going to be God's dreams for us on the fact that tomorrow is Martin Luther King Day. And Martin Luther King made a speech that many of you are familiar with. And I want to read you a piece of what he had to say. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be exalted, every hill and mountain shall be made low, The rough places will be made plain, and the crooked places will be made straight, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh, all people will see it together. 
The primary teaching passage that we pulled from for the whole weekend was Isaiah chapter 1, 2 through 3, which says, listen, O heavens, pay attention, earth, this is what the Lord says. The children, that's me and you, that I have raised and I have cared for have rebelled against me, like we've literally turned our backs on God. And even an ox knows its owner and a donkey recognizes its master's care, but Israel, my children, they don't know me and they don't recognize my care for them. When we rebel against God, and we know this and we've talked about this, when we refuse to do what he calls us to do, we forget who God is and who we created to be. We forget fast. And the result, as you know, is that we, we hurt ourselves. And then we hurt each other. What do we like to say? Hurt people hurt people. And we do that when we disregard how God says to follow him. And Martin Luther King lived in a generation where people were still forgetting who God was, and they were still hurting each other. And you guys, look around. We, you, live in a generation where people are forgetting who God is. And as a result, they are forgetting who God created them to be. And as a result, we are hurting and we are hurting each other. And the more this guy thought about that, he decided, he felt, he longed, man, it should be better. You guys shouldn't, the woodlands, shouldn't spring, shouldn't tomball, shouldn't oak, shouldn't it be better than what we see? Shouldn't your schools be better than what we see? Shouldn't your family and your relationships be better? Cannot we do better than this? And so Martin had this speech, and he said, I have a dream, I have a longing, I have a desire in my heart, and it's built on this, that one day every valley shall be exalted, every hill and mountain shall be made low, the rough places will be made plain, and the crooked places will be made straight, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and everyone will see it together. Do you know that he was quoting directly the book of Isaiah that we have spent the whole weekend in? Isaiah 40, listen, it's the voice of someone shouting. Clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. Fill in the valleys, level the mountains and hills, straighten the curves, smooth out the rough places, then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together. Martin's dream and our dream is that people would remember who God is and who he created us to be. And how do we do that? Well, we fill in the valleys. You guys, fill in the valleys of your heart. Where are you empty? Well, you emptied yourselves this weekend when you confessed your sin and your struggle and your sorrow and your shame and your pain and your guilt. You emptied yourself and then you invited God to fill you up. So you have filled in the valleys. That is God's recipe. That's step number one. How do we remember who God is and who he created us to be? We make a straight highway between us and the Lord. We make a beeline for God all day, every day, and we walk towards him and we don't get distracted. We don't get off point and go and drift to the left or the right. We make a straight highway between us and Jesus every single day. How else do we remember who God is and who he created us to be? We straighten the curves. We stop 
taking shortcuts. We stop making excuses for the scripture that we don't like or is uncomfortable or is hard to obey. We just do it. We stop making excuses for behavior that we know is not good for us and it's not good for the ones we love. And then we smooth out the rough places. You guys, we accept responsibility for ourselves. I challenge you, and I say this with absolute love. I say this as a, as a father telling his son, don't touch that, it's hot, you're gonna get hurt. Take responsibility for yourself. If you wanna see the power of God in your life, just obey what he's calling you to do, and you will. You will experience blessings like never before. There is no reason that 2018 cannot be the best year of your life. There's no reason that we can't take the revival we've experienced this weekend and see it again tomorrow and see it again the next day and see it transform our homes and our schools and our entire city. Simply put, if we follow God's instructions for us, love me, love each other, then the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together. Not just us in this room, but the people you know that don't know. Everyone will see it. That's revival. God has given us a tool to learn how to do all of this. He has given us a tool to help us figure it out, figure ourselves out. And it is called church, and it is called community, and it is what you have given yourselves to this weekend. The thing about revival, which is what God has promised and what we have experienced this weekend, is that it is a, not a one-stop shop. It is intended to be ongoing. Revival is not a patch for a wound. It is a path to walk on continually day after day. And if we want to experience what this church has been praying for for five years, ongoing revival, if we want the blessing of this weekend of freedom to continue, we need to obey the Lord and we need to use the tools that he has provided. If you want to experience ongoing revival, if you want the way you feel right now and the power you feel inside you right now and the confidence that you have right now and the sensitivity to the Lord that you have right now, I am challenging you and the Lord is challenging us to devote ourselves to this community, to church, to faith. Acts chapter 2, 38 through 47 says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to sharing in meals and to prayer. And a deep sense of awe came over all of them. The apostles performed miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place, and they shared everything that they had. They sold their property and possessions. They shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple every day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper. They shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. You guys, that is exactly what you have done every day all day, this weekend, it is why you feel the way you do. It is why God said, they're obeying me, they're doing life the way I call them to, blessings. I love that. I want more of that for you, I want more of that from you, and I wanna just bless your socks off. There's no reason why freedom has to end today. 
Every year, I hear the same in what for me has grown to be bittersweet comment about this weekend. I hear some of you say, it was the best weekend of my life. It was the best weekend of my year. Why was it the best weekend of your life? Why was this the best weekend of your year? Which is really not saying much, because we're only two weeks in. But still, you get the point. Because we devoted ourselves to learning together, eating together, serving together, worshiping together, um, going out and blessing the community together, sharing God with other people together. That's why it was the best weekend of our lives. Now, why is it bittersweet for me to hear that? Because year after year, as soon as we get home, we slip into our comfort zone and we allow our devotion to each other and to the Lord to just wither on the vine and die. I love that this was a great weekend. I love that this is for so many of us. And I'm, I'm saying it too. This is the best weekend of my year. All the way to last year. Like not just the last two weeks. I love that. But I hate that we won't feel that way tomorrow or the next day. Because we can I don't want this to be the year that freedom was the best weekend. I want another one next weekend. I want to feel it on Wednesday night this coming week at small groups. This is the best small group of the year. I want next Sunday, Story Sunday, to be the best Sunday of the year. There's no reason that we can't experience this, that we can't nurture what God has given us and take care of it and see it increased. What God has done for us this weekend is just the beginning. Do you, do you believe that? Do you believe this is just the beginning? Do you want more of what God did this weekend? Answer me. I want more. I don't want last year to be the milestone. I want this year to be the milestone. I want this year to be our new Ebenezer. I want to define this word devotion for us. Devotion is a profound dedication. Devotion is deep Loyalty. You guys, devotion is simply love. And the reason all those things happen in Acts 2 and the reason we saw all those things happen this weekend is because they and we obeyed the Lord and devoted ourselves to doing things God's way. And was it not fantastic? Was it not wonderful? Were you not filled with awe and wonder? Did you not get in touch with yourself and the Lord and your neighbor like you haven't? Maybe forever? Devotion to God and each other. If we want ongoing revival, we need to stay devoted to God and we need to stay devoted to this community, this tool, this experience of how to learn how to do life well and right in God's way. And he will keep pouring it on. Last night I told you I feel like the, the gates of heaven are just opened. You guys, they didn't close when you left. They're still open. There is more to come. Now, there are four ways that I wanna challenge you to remain devoted to this community. Come to church every week. Come to church every Sunday this year. Don't make any excuses. Make excuses for, for other stuff. Who's gone to a band tournament or a soccer game and said that was the best weekend of my life? I've never heard that, but I hear every year this was the best weekend. Every weekend can be the best. Devote yourself to coming to church on Sunday. And if it's not here, that's okay, but go somewhere. Plug into a community if this isn't your church home. I want you to come to small groups. Like, I don't get a raise if more people come. I want this for you. 
Come to small groups, press in, continue the community and the depth of love and humility and connectedness and vulnerability that you established, that you reestablished this weekend. Make Wednesday nights a priority on your schedule. Your homework can wait. Your work can wait. If your parents don't like that I said that, my office is right over there. Please don't send them to my office. <laughs> I would encourage you to join a serving team. You guys notice every week, we got students up here, and I don't care if you're in seventh grade or 12th, we would love for you to help lead worship with us. We would love for you to help serve in tech. We would love to beef up our welcome and greeting team. It's the easiest thing in the world. Just stand at the door and say, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Do you want to hear about why I love it here? We need help with the cafe team. We have great opportunities for you to not just come to church, be a tourist, but own the experience and plug in. Some of you right now are like, I know I'm really good at one of those things he mentioned. So sign up. Go to the info desk and plug in and become, own this student ministry. And then a, just a special push, but you guys, if you loved what we experienced together this weekend, we're doing something really similar, but not inside the walls, but out this summer. Underneath your seats is a red and white card, and it looks like this, and I want you to grab it right now. We are taking... Only 105, so we can't even take everybody that's in this room. But if you are available, come, what's the date? July 23rd through 27th, we are heading to Houston, where we are going to serve our city, and we are going to bless victims of the flooding from Harvey, and we're going to hang out with kids in foster care, and we're just going to, for a week, do everything we did here, but downtown. And God is going to show up in a way that I, I can't even imagine. And registration for this is open now. Don't wait. Sign up now. Make this the thing that you build your summer around. I would love if every spot, all 105, are filled up this week. Go home and say, when they ask, how was freedom? It was amazing. We're doing something just like it this summer. Can I go? You need a scholarship? Just ask. Let's go to Houston and make a difference. Let's go to Houston and do something where people are like, what is up with that group? Why are they doing? Let's go turn some heads and put God's love on display in July. So if you want ongoing revival, devote yourself to this community. Plug in, make a difference, own this experience. That's one, I got two more. If we want to experience ongoing revival, we need to devote ourselves to setting some healthy boundaries. Now, I've been pastoring and preaching at you for a couple minutes now. Would you like to watch an excellent video? Don't be too enthusiastic. Check this out. Racer snakes. The snakes missed their chance. But more babies are hatching. 
and now the snakes are on the alert. This is the best feeding opportunity they will get all year. A snake's eyes aren't very good, but they can detect movement. So if the hatchling keeps its nerve, it may just avoid detection. escape. The lucky survivors could begin learning the unique way of life demanded by this hostile island. I have watched that many times this week. Like, who formed an emotional attachment to that little lizard all day? Woo. You guys, if we want to experience ongoing revival, we need to devote ourselves and we, we need to love ourselves enough to set healthy boundaries. 2 Timothy chapter 2, my child, every one of you in this room are God's child. He's not talking to the kid on your left and your right, he's talking to me, he's talking to you. My child, if you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Therefore, run. Run, Forrest, run from anything that stimulates 
youthful lust. Run from anything that stimulates youthful lust. Instead, pursue righteous living, faithfulness, love, and peace. Enjoy the companionship. Use the tool God gave us. Enjoy the companionship of those who call on the Lord with pure hearts. God has blessed so many. I would wager every student this weekend with rescue, with a miraculous escape from the clutches of sin and death. But if you go home today and you neglect what's waiting for you back home, if you get back in bed with sin, you guys, there are no guarantees. You need the Lord. You need to continue obeying just like I do. I gave a sermon in big church on December 31st, and I talked at length about my addiction with alcoholism. And at the end, as a surprise, it wasn't planned, but Jeff said, if anyone wrestles with addiction in this room, would you come down? Would you let Brooke and Justin pray for you? And I just started crying at the front of the stage as he said that, because I'm like, of course, that's the perfect response today. And I was stunned at the response. Brooke and I were between first and second service up at the front until the beginning of the next sermon because that many people needed to come and pray and confess their sin and confess their weakness and lay down their pain and their sin and their sorrow and their shame with regard to addiction. It was so moving. And the next service was exactly like it. We were like the last people to leave because there was a line of folks that were just like, I need help. I need rescue. I have a problem. Will you sh What's the solution? Confess your sin. Confess your sin. Ask God for healing. And almost everyone, I said, now you need to go home. And not, you do, not, don't just change the way you think about your, change the way that you live your life. You got something at home that feeds your addiction, your sin. You got something waiting for you at home that's going to tempt you to just go in the opposite direction of where we've been marching together this weekend. You need to get rid of it. You need to remove it. You need to pour it out. You need to throw it away. You need to set it on fire and just get it away. Run from it or destroy it. And so many people, as we prayed with them, and they confessed their sin, and I'm no judge. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was 95%. I hope it was all of them. But they went home, and they made a decision then and there as we prayed to go home and change their lifestyle. And they went home and they poured out their liquor and they got rid of their drugs and they removed temptation and they did the work of not just confessing and receiving but taking the next step and obeying. I'm gonna live God's way. I'm gonna run from anything that stimulates my weakness. And as a result, those people, they established healthy boundaries and they are all set to not only survive, but thrive. They are all set to learn the unique way of life that God is teaching us day after day, that he's calling out to us day after day to survive this hostile environment called life on planet Earth. But I bet 
And I hope with all I am, it's not. But I bet that some went home and they felt good that they confessed their sin. And they felt good the way that you feel good this morning, having obeyed the Lord. But when they got back to their comfort zone, nothing changed. And they left the beer in the fridge. And they left the porn under their bed. And they left unforgiveness between them and that person that they knew. I need to talk to them. They didn't do anything about it. They felt good for a few minutes because they obeyed that one step of the Lord, but they didn't change a thing. And I can't speak for what happened with them, but I know I did that dozens of times, hundreds of times. I confessed my sin, I committed to get right with the Lord, and then my actions didn't follow. I didn't set healthy boundaries, and I just kept stumbling and falling, and I know you guys, you're human, you're just like me. We're not perfect. We're not called to be perfect, but we make mistakes, and I made that mistake over and over and over again, and you know where I found myself? Questioning if God was even real. I confess my sin. Why isn't everything okay? Questioning if I was even saved. Why isn't God helping me out? Because I obeyed just the beginning I just got a glimpse of the blessing that God had for me. I just got a glimpse of the healing. I refused to set boundaries and protect what God had given me. Students, when you go home today, some of you have some decisions to make, and I encourage you to make them here and now. I bet some of you, as I was talking, were thinking, that needs to go. Man, don't all do it tonight. You do it as soon as you walk in your house. You do it as soon as you walk in the foyer. Call your mom, call your dad, tell him you're sorry. Who do you need to uh, just forgive? Don't wait. Set those boundaries and keep obeying what God is calling you to. Remove that temptation. Let me give you some ways to protect yourself going forward. You should know these, but I'm challenging you as your pastor. Do them. There's power in them. Every single day, we have started our day with a quiet time. You don't need a little pre-curriculum to do that. You don't even need that journal I gave you. That's a nice journal, right? <laughs> you guys, sit alone with the Lord and read his word and ask him, what do you want me to know about who you are and who you created me to be from Psalm 12, from Isaiah 40, from Revelation, from Leviticus. No, Leviticus is boring, but it's not actually. Sit with the Lord and spend time with him, read his word and ask him. What do you want me to know about myself, about you, about my day from these words? I challenge every one of you in this room, have quiet time every day. And if you're a night person, you can do it at night. But man, start with it. Set the tone for your day. And I actually did make you a quiet time for tomorrow in your curriculum. So you already have one ready to go. Tomorrow morning when you wake up, you ain't got school, I hope. Homeschoolers, tell, tell your parents, I said, give them a break. Atta boy. Say no? We'll pray for you later. <laughs> you guys, wait a minute. What time does school start? Hey, get up at 6. All right. Have your quiet time. Keep worshiping. You don't need to come here to worship. You can worship by taking a walk in nature. You can worship by plugging in and just listening to some tunes. I love this. KSBJ is having a 30-day challenge where they're like, just listen to worship music for 30 days on your drive to work or your drive to school and just see if it'll make a difference. It makes a difference. Stop listening to the garbage 
that is just being pumped into you? Do you think it has no effect on you when you, all you listen to is songs about having sex and doing drugs and partying? It absolutely does. It's changing the way that you think. So listen to worship and plug into some better music. Be the blessing in your house, at your school, and on your street. I had this picture in my mind. God, I hope some of you, all of you, do something about it. I had a picture in my mind as I was thinking about challenging you to be the blessing. What would it look like if you went home today or tomorrow on your day off and you just walked across the street to a neighbor and offered, can I mow your yard? Um, can I tell you about my weekend? Can I, can I help you with this, that, or the other? What would it look like if all of us in the next 24 hours just went out of our way with a simple act of kindness just to bless? Oh, it would feel so good. And God would be so honored. And he would bless you for being the blessing. And as we talked about yesterday, he will heal you as you are the blessing. This last one may not be for you, but it might be. If you've never been baptized, if you've never obeyed the scripture, if you want to be saved, this is what the Bible says. I think it's in Romans, but I love this. Believe in your heart that God is real, and then openly declare him. For it is by believing in your heart that you are saved, that you are made right with him, and it is by openly declaring that it's solidified. You guys, it's an act of faith and an act of obedience. It's all we're talking about this morning. It's all we did this weekend, an act of faith. I trust you. I'm going to give this a shot. And obedience. If you have believed in your heart that God is real, but you've never made it known to the people around you, get baptized. I don't care what the temperature is next weekend. I would be honored to be in that frigid ice hole with you and baptize you guys. If you have never openly declared your faith, you can do it by just telling someone, but the beautiful symbolism of baptism is what God calls us to. And if you are walking out of here this morning with you a fresh fire in your belly for Jesus, and you're just like, I want to recommit, I want to be all in, man, you too, let's go after service next weekend. Talk to your folks about it. I would be honored, I would be blessed, and God would love it if we Asked him to bless our devotion and recommit with some just awesome baptism next weekend after church. Now, why is the enemy trying to steal from you? Because the enemy is here. He exists to steal, kill, and destroy. That's why we need to protect ourselves. It's not just your weakness and mine. We got an enemy. We got snakes. We got spirits that are just rolling around that know us really well and they know our weak points. Why does he bother with us at all? Because you guys are a threat to him. And he's really going to try and mess with you in the weeks to come because you guys now more than ever have a story about Jesus to share. I want to Share one more clip, and we got one more little deal, and we're going to respond, and we're going to be done. But we have one more little slide, little video from um, John Dunbar in Dances with Wolves. And I want you guys to check this out, and I'll explain it when we're done.
Today or tomorrow, watch Dances with Wolves. Anybody? You're going to cry. You guys, let me explain that scene to you. Um, you guys know this word that we've been camping out on last summer and last fall, gospel. The gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is the good news. That's what the word means. Um, the gospel runner would be the guy that would be hanging out in the back of the battle, and as his side began to win the battle. As his side was victorious in the battle, the gospel runner, the messenger, would run back to the city and say, I have good news. I have some gospel truth to share. We have been victorious. We are going to survive. We win. That's the gospel. That's our good news. And our good news is Jesus Christ lived and died and rose again to set us free from sin and death. That is the gospel. What is the gospel according to these Native Americans. What was their good news? What was the thing that they lived and died for? Where did they place their hope? In the buffalo. And they had not seen any buffalo in a couple years. They had not seen any hope for years. And they were hungry, and they were desperate, and they were like, what's going on? And Dunbar is sleeping and wakes up to, what is that? And he runs out and he sees just this flood of Buffalo, he sees this river of good news right in front of him. And he immediately leaps on his horse, middle of the night, and just flies to his friends. And he says, I have seen the good news. And then they beat the tar out of him. <laughs> they didn't understand his message at first. And he didn't exactly know how to say it in a way that they would understand. But as soon as they got it, as soon as they had understanding of what he was trying to say, I have seen your hope, I have seen salvation, I have seen the good news, he went from a little confused to just a hero in their lives. You have seen the good news this weekend. You have witnessed a river of blessing. You didn't just see it, though. You were like in it. We're still in it right now. I can feel it in this room. You have seen something worth talking about. If you want to experience, and it's what God wants, he's promised it to us, we just need to take it. Ongoing revival. We need to devote ourselves to this community. We need to devote ourselves to protecting what God is giving us, and we need to devote ourselves to sharing Jesus with others. Sharing what we have seen and heard what we have tasted, what we have experienced this weekend. 